many children will be waiting for their birthday to come around. I used to do that when I was a little kid. But once I became an adult, that really wasn't a fun time for me. Like, especially as I'm getting older and older, each birthday means I'm just getting older. <laughs> it wasn't really fun. <laughs> um, but have you ever thought about when the birthday would be for the Christian church? When is the birthday for Christian church? Many scholars agree it is actually the Pentecost of Acts chapter 2. And that's what we'll be looking at today. My sermon title today is Early and Latter Rain. And I'll be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw that what seemed to be tongues of fire that uh, separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? So here we see the story of Acts chapter 2 and the Pentecost. Now, Pentecost, um, if you think of a Pentecost, it's, it's one of the feasts of the Jewish nation or the Hebrew people. And even Paul, Apostle Paul said he loved to come to spend Pentecost in Jerusalem. Why? Jerusalem is just a fun place to be during holiday season. Um, I didn't go there during holiday season because if you go there as, as a tourist, it's just jam-packed, and uh, you can't really do much because there are too many people, too much traffic. Uh, but if you are there, and if you are there to enjoy the season, it's just a beautiful thing to see. And Paul says he would love to, I mean, Paul is not a guy who loves Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, and New Year's. He, he's not a person who enjoys that, but he says, I would love to be in Jerusalem for, for Pentecost because it's that time. Um, Pentecost, um, actually the date is Nisan 14th. Um, Nisan is the first month of Jewish calendar, but for us, it's about April and May, right about this time, April and May, Pentecost. And if you know the Jewish um, feast, um, 4th of Nisan is, is Pentecost, and 15th, 14th of Nisan, I'm saying, 15th of Nisan is Feast of Unleavened Bread. 16th of Nisan is the Feast of Wave, uh, wave Offering. So it's back-to-back -back for three days. And seven weeks after the time of um, uh, Feast of Wave Offering, is, uh, it's called the Pentecost. Um, pa Passover, Passover, Nisan 14th, 15th, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and 16th, of Nisan is Feast of Wave Offering, and 50 days later, or 52 days later from Passover is Pentecost. So that's what's happening. And 
Uh, Pentecost is the time where people can enjoy. That's the time Paul wanted to come and enjoy. Whereas in Passover, it's still in April and May, and it's not the best time to travel because of the rain and so on. Right now, it'll be okay because you have cars and planes and so on. It's, it's easier for people to travel at that time. But back in the Bible times, when it rains, when it's windy and so on, it's not so easy to travel on land or on water. So Passover may not be the best time, but Pentecost was the best time for people to travel. And, and Paul even said he wanted to be there for Pentecost. Now, um, in verse 2, the Bible says there was mighty rushing wind. What does this wind mean? And this phrase in Greek, um, panoe, the wind, mighty wind, that was only used two times in the New Testament. Acts chapter 2 here and Acts 17, 25. In, in that context, it is translated as breath. Breath, wind and breath. So what does breath mean or wind mean? Uh, in John chapter 20, verse, John chapter 20, says, Jesus breathed into the disciples saying, receive the Holy Spirit. So that's what it means when he's saying, breathe into the disciples and saying, receive the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, there was mighty wind, rushing wind, and people received the Holy Spirit, received power received life. I was reminded, I don't know about you, I was rem reminded of Genesis chapter, um, chapter 2, 2, 7, says God formed Adam and he breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. So this wind or this breath can be translated as the Holy Spirit giving power, giving life to people. That's exactly what happened at this time. And if you think about it, it was actually the best time for the gospel to spread out to the world. As I just read here, there was God-fearing Jew from every nation. There were somewhat 18 countries represented in that gather gathering in Jerusalem. And when they came, it was right after Jesus' death and resurrection. And when they came... And disciples received the Holy Spirit as they prayed in that upper room for 120 people, including the disciples of Jesus, apostles of Jesus. And they started speaking in tongues after receiving the Holy Spirit. And people all came together and to see what this miracle was. And think about it. When they all travel back to their home countries, to all the nations, to the east, to Babylon, to south, to Africa, to north, to Asia, to west, to, to all the way to Rome. They, all, they went everywhere to the known world at that time. And what do you think they talked about? Do you think that they talked about the, the regular service they had or Jerusalem, how beautiful it was? Yes, they might have. Or how many people they have seen as they were traveling, how tra terrible the traffic was? Yeah, but the top of their list of what they were talking was this miracle they heard. Yes, they were talking. They don't speak any other language, but when they were talking, I, I heard it in my own tongue because most people spoke enough Hebrew to participate in the church service, sanctuary service, but they don't speak the same language. They will speak different languages. They were Jews, but they were born in different countries. They speak different languages, but at this time, they could all understand in their own language. What a miracle. 
And all they talked about was this event, about what they preached, about how Jesus was the Messiah. And he died and he resurrected. He's now giving salvation to everyone, to the Gentiles. That was the message. That was the best time to give the message of the gospel. And verse 4, it says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's interesting. When they started speaking, they were, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, God enabled them to speak the language they never spoke before. Not only that, they didn't go back in and prepare a speech. The Holy Spirit gave them the content of what they wanted to say too. So God enabled them to speak with a different language, different tongue, and whatever the sermon that the Holy Spirit prepared for them. Because they didn't really prepare before, they were just speaking whatever the Holy Spirit was giving them the, the promptings. That's what they did. So when God speaks to us, when God uses us, we don't really need to per se prepare what we are going to pray, prepare what we are going to say, because the Holy Spirit is going to teach us what to say. All we have to do is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, friends? And here, um, so that's, that's where the term, this early in the latter rain comes. Um, so we know this, Acts chapter 2 is the early rain of the Holy Spirit. We all know that. But what is this early and latter rain? We need to do some study and to understand what this means. The term of early and latter rain didn't really happen until Israelites went into the promised land, land of Canaan. They didn't really have that term. So if you look it up, it only appears in like the Deuteronomies and so on and so forth. Uh, because that's the term that was used in Palestine context. So what it is is that... Uh, if you think about the Israelites, what were they doing before the time of, of the promised land, before the time of Egypt? Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who, who were they? What, what did they do for, for a living? Shepherds, they were nomads. So do you think they did a lot of agriculture? No. You plant lettuce and tomato, and three months later, you have to move on. What about your vegetables? <laughs> So they don't really cultivate much. They, they eat animals, sheep and goats and cows. That's what they did most of the time, like, like Mongolians do. Uh, very little agriculture, but mostly animals. That's what they did. And then when they went to Egypt and became slaves for 400 years, it, you need to understand the context of what, what Egyptian irrigation system is like. So let's look at uh, a little bit. So Egypt is known for their... Uh, rich and wealth of agriculture at that time. Why? River Nile. River Nile, abundance of water source. So how big is River Nile? And how much of water are we talking about? Do you know the biggest river or the, the longest river in the world? Do you know which one that is? There's still debate whether that would be Amazon or Nile, but River Nile is is one of the longest rivers. Some said it was River Nile, some said it was Amazon, we don't know for sure. People lean more toward Amazon is the longest now, but still, it is, according to the Britannica Encyclopedia, it's 4,132 miles long. So that's like going 
pretty much across the African continent, like not the whole thing, but yeah. But if you stretch out the whole miles, let me show you a map. That reaches from, okay, so I calculated from Santa Monica Beach in LA all the way to 42nd Street in New York and back to, uh, back to where was it, Oklahoma City. That's about 4,200 miles. So all the way from LA to New York and back to Oklahoma City. So that's more than one and a half way of states. That's how long River Nile stretches out, if you were to stretch it out. That river actually brings nutrients from upstream down all the way down to the lower stream. So uh, Egypt, actually the whole country of Egypt has a river flowing through. Egypt is known for its abundance of water source and fertility and uh, the dependability of the seasonal flooding of River Nile. They depended on that because it was so predictable and it, that uh, rising and receding water levels naturally irrigated the most of the crops in Egypt. And if they needed, they would use, use that water to pump the water up and, and they would water the field. That's what they did. So what it me meant is that in Egypt, they had abundance of water. They didn't have to worry about water at all throughout the whole year because they had River Nile. Did they rely so much on rain? No, because River Nile was flowing all the time. When they came out of Egypt and then went into the promised land, God called them, the land that you're about to enter into is the land of milk and honey. What does that mean? Land so much flowing with a lot of abundance. It's like flowing milk and honey in the land. Yes, that's what it means. But at the same, what that means is that the land now does not have that kind of river source where you can rely on. River Jordan is tiny compared to River Nile. And they don't have that water source to rely on. What they have to rely on is the rainfall. So in that country, in that context, in, in Palestinian area, um, it rains a lot during fall season, like October and November. That's, that's their rainy season. And then it rains throughout April. So from October to April is the rainy season. From April to October, there's no rain whatsoever. Like, like in California, we, we get some rain during wintertime, but during summertime, we don't have any rain. That's what it is like in Israel. So what that means is that Early rain and latter rain means that. Early rain, October, November rain, it rains a lot, heavily, a lot. But, and then it rains throughout the whole season until April. But March, April is a latter rain season where it rains a lot again. And then after the rainy season, there is no more rain throughout the whole year. So that's when they plant their seeds and that's when they harvest their seeds. That's when the term early and latter rain comes from. So when God said, land of milk and honey, it meant, it didn't mean you will have 24-7 all year long water source like River Nile in Egypt. What it meant was that you have to pray constantly for rain. Because God promised, if you obey me, then I will give rain. But if you do not obey me, then there will be no rain. Deuteronomy 28, 20, 23, it says, if you do evil and reject the Lord, no rain will fall, and your ground will become as hard as, hard as iron. 
So that's what it meant. Uh, land flowing with milk and honey means when you obey God, the land will flow with milk and honey. But if you don't obey God, the land will become as hard as rocks and iron. That's what it means. So, having abundance of wealth, does that mean it's blessing? It may not be so. According to this, a chance, a reminder to pray to God more is rather a blessing. So if this pandemic is bringing all of us to pray more to God, in a sense, it is a blessing to us. Now, uh, so the early rain during the uh, October and November season, that's when the rain falls. And that's when the ground that has been as hard as rock and, and dry, now the rain falls and the ground is softened. And it's getting ready for the, the seed sowing time. And the farmers will go and, and uh, plow the land and till the land, and they will get ready to uh, uh, plant seeds in that land. Without that early rain, you can sow all the seeds you want, but it will not germinate. That's what the work of the Holy Spirit does when the early rain fell. The seeds were sown and it germinated. And that's when they started growing. Let me share a quote with you from um, last day events, if you can show it on the screen. And it says, unless the former rain has fallen, there will be no life. The green blade will not spring up. Unless the early sowers have done their work, the latter rain can bring no seed to perfection. Uh, last day events, 183. So it says, without the work of the early rain, the latter rain will have no effect because there is no seed that germinated. The latter rain, the work of the latter rain, is to bring it to perfection, to completion, to, to harvest. But we need the early rain first to experience the latter rain. So if we are not experiencing Holy Spirit now, the latter rain will have no effect on us. Basically, that's what he's saying. So uh, we need to experience the spiritual things now. Meaning, uh, as I told you before, I had no interest in, in sports whatsoever. But now I'm, I'm really enjoying running and tennis. So when I, when I well, not lately, because uh, we can't really go out and play tennis. All the parks are closed and so on. But I still go out and run. But every time there is someone that is also running, I get excited and we start talking. If someone plays tennis, we talk like, okay, what kind of rackets do you use? <laughs> what do you do? And then we, we start talking. Now, those things are interesting for me because I am interested in tennis and running, and as well as photography. Um, but if we have no interest in spiritual things, that means there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong. We, the spiritual things, spiritual matters should be sweet to us. We need to be interested in those things. Otherwise, we have no relations with the Holy Spirit. Maybe early rain has fallen us before, but that, that germination, the, the seed that came out, maybe it's drying up. Maybe it's time for us to have the, the, the Holy Spirit to work in us. That's what we need to do. And how can we receive the latter rain and the seal of God? Zechariah 10, verse 1 says, Ask 
the Lord for rain in springtime. Springtime is the latter rain season, like right now, April. Uh, ask the Lord for the late rain in spring, springtime. The Lord makes the storm clouds, and he will give everyone showers of rain and, and crops in the field. So we have to ask. When we ask God for the latter rain, then the rain will fall on us, and then it can do its work. Another quote that I want to share from uh, Christian Experience and Teachings, page 189, it says, Not one of us will ever receive the seal of God while our characters have one spot or stain upon them. It is left with us to remedy the defects in our characters, to cleanse the soul temple of every defilement. Then the latter rain will fall upon us as the early rain fell upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost. This is a solemn message. Basically, if we have dirty spots, if we have faults in our character, the latter rain will not fall on us. Don't expect the latter rain to come and cleanse us and bring all of us into heaven when we are still indulging in sin. We have to work on our character with the early rain right now so that we are ready to receive the latter rain. Without the work of the early rain, the latter rain is no good for us. Now, we've been getting lots of rain lately. Not this week, but this morning. There was a little bit of rain this morning. But last week and the week before, we had lots of rain. And this March and April is actually the latter rain season, time of Pentecost right now. So I think it, that, that's why the um, Easter is coming up and so on. Um, so time of Passover is, is now the... the um, the uh, Easter, that's when Jesus died on the cross, around that time. And in about 50 days from now, that's going to be the time of Pentecost. So Passover and Pentecost, it's about that time, it's about season, but the rainy season in Israel is now. So maybe it is time for us to pray for the latter rain. And as you see what's going on around us, we can definitely tell that it is time for Jesus to come very soon. And we need to pray for that latter rain. Just like the scripture reading today, Hosea 6.3 says, let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. So we need to pray for the early rain now. Then we'll be ready for the latter rain that will come very soon. Very soon. In verse 4, when the Holy Spirit came, fell on the disciples, it says, it began to, they began to speak in other tongues. You know, when the Holy Spirit came, there was no delay. There was no training time needed. There was no internship needed. As soon as they received the Holy Spirit, bam, they all started speaking. They all started prophesying and speaking and speaking in tongues. So when we received the Holy Spirit, whether that will be just one drop of Holy Spirit, if you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, that will do the work as soon as you receive the Holy Spirit. There is no time needed. There is no other time needed. There is no delay needed. You need the Holy Spirit, and it would happen. It will start working in your heart, in our heart, right away. Do you want to receive this Holy Spirit? And I hope and pray that we will be ready for this Holy Spirit. 
You know, the disciples were not very serious for three and a half years. Yes, they followed Jesus. They did stay with Jesus, and they, they were listening to the teachings of the Holy Spirit and so on. But basically, they didn't really understand fully what, what Jesus was teaching. But when Jesus died and he resurrected, and the 40 days of time that, he, that they spent with Jesus, visiting them time to time, and as soon as he went up for 10 days before the Holy Spirit fell during the Pentecost, they were prepared in such a short time. And the, the new mission that Jesus has given them to carry out the message to the, to the end of the world, they were ready in such a short time period. That's what we need to do. If you've been coming to church all, all, all your life and, and you've been studying the Bible all your life, you've been listening to sermons all your life, and if there hasn't been much change, maybe we are like the disciples. We are uh, taking it easy, taking it slow. But now it's that time that the latter rain is about to fall. We need to get ready for the early rain and the latter rain. Just like the disciples spent that time in prayer and quickly got ready for, for that power-packed Holy Spirit, we need to be ready. We need to be ready fast. We need to be ready quickly for that time. As you hear the footsteps of Jesus coming, like the earthquake that you felt last night, and what's going on around us, we, we, we see for sure that Jesus is coming very soon. His coming is very near. And this is not the very end, but it's leading toward that end time, as we can as we can all agree. This is the good thing. The early rain that falls in, in October and November, and the latter rain that falls in March and April, is not two different rain seasons. It's one rainy season. But that's the beginning of the rainy season and the end of the rainy season. What that means is that when the rain starts falling in November, October in, in Israel, there is like a lot of rain, heavy rainfalls. And then there's another heavy rainfall that's happening during springtime in March and April. But that does not mean there is no rain in between, like in December, January, February. It doesn't mean that. It means still there are rainfalls, not as heavy as the beginning and the end at the end, but still rainfalls. What does that tell us spiritually? When the early rain fell in Acts chapter 2, 2,000 years ago, and when the latter rain is about to fall soon in our future time, it doesn't mean there is no Holy Spirit falling. It means the Holy Spirit, drops of the Holy Spirit is still falling. And yes, that was the early rain, and now it's the latter rain that is about to fall. But is it a different spirit? It is the same spirit falling. The, the function is different, yes, but it is the same spirit. So that means we still can pray for the early rain. Yes, it's not, not the, the beginning of the early rain season. It happened 2,000 years ago but we are still in the time of rainy season. It's still time for us to pray for the early rain to fall. And as a matter of fact, we need the early rain 
so that we can be ready for the latter rain that is about to come. Are you praying for the early rain? Do you want the early rain to change your heart and get your heart ready for the latter rain that is about to come? The last quote that I want to share is found in uh, Last Day Events 187. If you can show it on the screen, it says, The Holy Spirit seeks to abide in each soul. If it is welcomed as an honored guest, those who receive it will be made complete in Christ. The good work begun will be finished. The holy thoughts, heavenly affections, and Christ-like actions will take the place of impure thoughts, perverse sentiments, and rebellious acts. So when the Holy Spirit comes, we need to invite him into our hearts. When he, is, when he becomes our honored guest, then those who receive the Holy Spirit will be made complete. Do you want to invite the Holy Spirit in your heart? Do you want your character to be complete in Christ? We have the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit will come into our heart, prepare our soil to receive the latter rain that is about to fall. Because without the work of the early rain, in the latter rain, we have no hope. So friends, how many of you want to receive the Holy Spirit? in the early and the latter rain. Let us pray that the Spirit will fill our heart and prepare our hearts for His soon coming. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for the promise of Your Spirit. As the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples, enable them to carry out the work to the whole world. We still pray for Your Holy Spirit to fall in our hearts. Please prepare our hearts so that we can be ready for your soon coming. Bless us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.